don't have to grind all the time to be successful. It's just what I did. And I still am. Um, but that's because like for me, what I'm doing, I'm, I'm physically making an object and then selling it to someone. So how much I make and how much I can invest in myself and my company totally relies on how many hours I'm willing to invest into creating product to sell to people who want to support me. So and with my formula, I have to grind, grind, grind. But that's because that's the formula I put myself in. There's other people that have totally different formulas. There's so many incredible glass artists out there that do well. They have different formulas for success that don't involve grinding all the time. Some of them are like travel the whole world, work with all different artists. Like there's totally different avenues you can take in just within the glass industry. And I think that kind of like overlaps in almost any industry. There's there's ways of pursuing what you love while also finding a way that's healthy to do it, you know? Cool, cool, sick. We're good. We're filming. Mm-hmm. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 111 of the podcast. Looks a little different right now. That's because we're at the other location, the new Bear Mountain Studios HQ. Uh, we're here today because I have a bunch of deliveries of equipment that I cannot miss. So we're filming here today to make sure I don't miss them. But either way, we're hanging out in the new break room. It's just about done. Um, we're making massive progress on the studio. Uh, by the end of October, we should be blowing glass in here, which is going to be huge. And we're going to definitely do an episode where we do a tour of the whole studio and show you guys everything we've done. And, um, you know, probably show you the team working here and everything. So it'll be a blast. But in today's episode, we're going to catch up again. We've been bi-weekly for a bit this year, but it's just what it is with all the things we've had going on. Um, prioritizing, it's crazy. But we're going to be smoking that 2019 double diffuse today. Got a little joint packed up here for some Miracle Alien cookies, which is one of my absolute favorite strains. And we're just going to relax, kick back, and uh, talk about everything we're getting into. We do have a Sunday sale coming up. Um, I was going to do it the Sunday that this drops, but I think me and my wife might push it back to the 23rd, which will be the following Sunday. That way I have more time to make more glass because I did a poll on Instagram to see if, um, you know, I wanted to see if what people were looking for, if people were like, if there was enough people interested in stuff right now. And I had like a crazy amount of like engagement. So I'm like, all right, there's a lot of people that still want glass right now. I'm gonna take one more week to try and put some more stuff together. And I also did that poll where I could see what people were specifically looking for because I only have three Sunday sales left this year. There's only three more drops public uh, this year. So I wanna make sure that I'm making the pieces people are looking for. I don't wanna to make too much of one style piece and not enough of another style where people are like, damn, we really wanted micros. We didn't, we, only so many of us wanted this style, you know? So I wanna make sure that I'm curating the drops in a way where people are getting what they want. Um, but man, again, thank you so much for the huge amount of support on all of our drops, everything we're doing. It wouldn't be possible to um, put together this new studio. Um, again, earlier this year in uh, April, we were kind of slapped in the face by local uh, code enforcement and stuff and being told that we could no longer run Bearmont Studios out of our home, uh, that we had to move to a M1 zoned commercial manufacturing area. Uh, which was challenging but we found a spot we've been building it's taken us almost six months to get all our permits and everything to go through for electrical electrical upgrades everything we've done it's been an incredible amount of work and waiting and a real test of patience um but i'm i'm grateful we're this far we're very very close um for the first six months there it didn't feel real it didn't feel like anything was like actually going to happen it was like oh like i'm, I'm just paying for rent here and we're still just blowing glass at the normal studio uh, but now it's starting to feel really different like oh damn like there's another glass blowing studio about to be finished. Like this is, I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy to think I'm going to have two different spots. I can blow glass. Cause you know, I'm not shutting down my home studio. I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars building that home studio, making it amazing and beautiful and comfortable for me. That way I could work all night and still be only 10 feet away from my kiddo and my wife. Um, cause my new studio, this new studio, the bigger one, the bear mountain studios HQ, we'll call it. We're going to call the home studio, home studio, and this will be called bear mountain studios. But for now, we're just calling BMSHQ just to distinguish a little bit. This is the bigger building, and this is where we are right now. But um, this space, I think, even though I got kind of like forced into this situation, I think big picture, this is going to be much better for my business, for my family, everything, um, and much better for my team. I think it's going to give my guys an opportunity to, uh, you know, practice even more and get better and better and better at blowing glass, not just for helping me at Bear Mountain, but also for themselves. You know what I mean? To have their own thing, to have their own 
brand or their own art or whatever they want to do. This is going to give everyone that type of opportunity. And, uh, man, like seriously, like the last studio we built, I had all the guys help the whole time. This time it's like really just been like me and my dad. Brandon's come here a couple times to help me unload stuff, but really all the building and like putting this shit together has been 90% my dad and like a little bit me. Um, but it's, it's, it's just crazy how much we've done while I've been able to keep my guys still like working and producing prep because uh, my guys aren't making like pipes or product or anything like that for Bear Mountain Studios. Um, how I always like to describe it is like if you looked at a kitchen, people working in the back of a kitchen in a restaurant, um, you'd have like the prep cooks cutting up onions and like cleaning shrimp and get everything ready for the line cooks to assemble the dishes. Those are what those guys are here for me. They're my prep cooks. They're getting everything cut up, chopped up, lined up for me. So that when I get on the line, I can assemble the dishes quicker and make sure everybody's getting fed. So it's, it's really awesome to have that balance with my team, but the, we're really excited to get some people in here that are super, super skilled lathe workers so that we can pursue our scientific line of flower tubes and bubblers, which I cannot wait. I want to have available flower tubes and bubblers that are like super affordable and accessible where it's like you break your tube and you're like, I'm just going to go on bmsglass.com, get a fresh tube for the weekend for me and the boys, the sesh. Like, whereas the RBRs, you guys know, it's like, oh, I hope I can fucking get one on this drop. Um, I don't want that same thing for the tubes. I want it to be more accessible. So this new studio we're really putting together is, is a whole nother animal. Um, there's going to be lots of like ups and downs and learning curves trying to figure out how to make this thing run efficiently, but we're, we're starting on the, you know, in the right direction as far as having a clean, safe and organized area to, uh, you know, make Bear Mountain Studios glass in. It's really fun. I'm starting to get over the hill of, um, anxiety and starting to go down the hill of like having fun and enjoying it. If I look at like a peak, like a mountain, it's like, it's been stressful, stressful, stressful. And I feel like I'm just starting to get over the peak where this is going to start being more fun and like exciting. Um, and I guess it's been exciting the whole time, but it's been mostly scary. It's like, man, am I going to be able to afford all this? Am I going to be able to get all this equipment, this and that? Like, like literally a few days ago, I just got my call from Vertigo and Vertigo is the uh, guy who makes some of our lathes. We have Littons and Vertigos at Bear Mountain Studios. Um, those are the two types of lathe companies we use. And, um, but Vertigo contacted me and he said that my two lathes were just about done. And then I was like, bro, I was like, have you heard through the grapevine of one of your lathes up for sale? And then he was like, actually, dude, no, but I have a third lathe here that matches the two black ones you ordered. It's for my friend. He's going to Australia till like February. Want me to call him and ask if you can just buy it and I'll make him a fresh one. And I was like, yes. So I just bought another Vertigo. I bought three of them. I haven't gotten any of them yet, but I've paid for three of them. They're coming. They're going to be here by the end of this month or beginning of November, which means here at Bear Mountain Studios out the gate because we have Vertigos at the other studio too. We're going to bring one of the Vertigos over here, which will make it four Vertigos in the Bear Mountain Studios here and then two Big Littons. It's going to give us so much um, options for like making stuff and it's going to give my guys options now. Every single one of my guys will be on the lathe. That means all of our like prep, accessories, like everything we're doing will just be like super precise and machined. It's just really exciting to be like getting to these next like uh, levels of this company. Even like most of the time I'm stressed out and worried like that I'm going to fail or I'm not doing good enough. But then like times when I like I do this podcast, I'm kind of talking about everything I'm doing. And it's like, I do feel a little prideful and proud that like I've like worked hard enough and been, you know, willing to like, not scared to invest. I think it's not even a fear thing for me. It's like, I think it's almost like a, a massive, like, like almost like a little bit of like an anxiety or like a, I don't want to say depression because I'm not a sad person, but it's like when I, when I'm investing in my company, like, I'm not like, Oh, I don't want to spend this money in this. What if this happened? I'm just like, fuck it. It's all fucked anyways. Just spend it. <laughs> That's how I spend money. It's a really kind of a negative way. But to me, the only way for me to spend massive amounts of money and invest in myself in this crazy little company I'm doing is to, just be like, oh, it's all fake anyways. All money's fake. All this shit's fake. Who cares? It's just fucking paper. Here, here's 20 grand. Fuck it. Fuck it. I'll just buy it. And that's the only way I can get over that, like, investing in a company because I don't come from money. I, I, I used to live my life being like, oh, sick, 20 bucks. I'm good for the week. I can get, like, dollar dumplings and, like, eat ramen and I'll be gold. I never thought, like, oh, what if I made more? I was just like, this is enough to go. Like I, I, I didn't, all I cared about was skateboarding and shit. It wasn't even, but now it's like, you know, I have a kid and I have elderly parents and stuff like that. You got to think, you know, there's people that rely on you. So I got to try and make it legitimate, but I've never really had money. So like, 
it's very scary when I have some that I've worked really hard for, stayed up all night four in the morning, working seven days a week to get, and then immediately just spend every cent of it on something that I hope uh, grows the company and helps eventually someday I won't have to work till four in the morning. Maybe I could just work 40, 50 hours a week, you know, just like a normal person, have Sundays off, could take the kiddo to the park, go to bed early, um, you know, things like normal shit, which I don't think is like ridiculous to dream to like want to have that type of lifestyle. However, I love my lifestyle. I love that I work super hard. I love that I push myself, but it's um, like anything. It can become tiring after a while. It can it can wear you down a little bit. And um, this studio has been kind of like a mix of two, a couple of things like that. It's been a little bit of wearing me down, but also too like kind of like motivating me to me be like, am I capable? Like this is something I really want to do to show people like, like I want to legitimize like what I'm doing. Um, and I know we have a legitimate industry in the glass industry, but at the same time, it's still a niche industry. Not a lot of people know about it in the in the general public. So if I build this studio in a way that's really presentable, I'm making really beautiful glass that can maybe, it's like when you hear like a, like a, like, like maybe like certain people don't like rap or hip hop, but then they heard hear a certain song or a certain beat and the way it is, they just like, they're like, man, I really do like this. And it, it's presented to them in a way where all of a sudden it opens their eyes to that culture where they're like, you know what, I'm going to try to listen to other hip hop or other rap. And then they start finding other things they like about it. It's the same thing with glass. It's such like a niche industry that when you show someone who's not super educated about it, they may get a little turned off, be like, oh, whoa, what was that? Or, well, pipes that are $1,000. Oh, fuck, I'm not even gonna look at that. Fuck that. Like, if I can present this studio and my company in a way that can like make normal people feel more comfortable around it, I think it's gonna be better for the whole industry altogether. Because maybe the preconception when you meet someone that's a glass blower or in the cannabis industry, it won't be an immediate like, what what are you doing uh like you know what i mean not and and I, I think the people that do that aren't bad people i think it's literally just experience like if when you were a kid you got attacked by dogs or you got bit by a dog and then anytime you see a dog you go when you're as an adult i wouldn't be mad at you about that I'd be like well that's obviously your experience or your trauma or whatever you've dealt with you know doing like being in this world and like fucking my ac just turned off and it threw me off i was like damn i felt good did it get to the temp in here did we lose is that 68 Sick, dude. It's fucking comfy in here, dude. I'm stoked. Let's take a little dab, though. Been a little ranty. Let's get... Let, I got security guys here installing cameras. I got people doing electrical here. They're about to hear me in here just coughing. Actually, a security guy popped his head in a minute ago when we were just getting ready to start, and he's like, whoa, you got your Dahmer set up? I haven't watched the Dahmer show yet, but maybe he has lights he sets up while he cuts people apart or something. Um, either way, he saw the weed. He knows what's up. I'll heat it up over here, too, so it's not quite as loud. Today we get our new kilns delivered here at the studio though. That's actually why I wanted to be here just in case the delivery driver didn't contact me ahead of time. Cause it's crazy nowadays. You really have to check everything you're getting shipped to you. Cause if you don't report damage like immediately, they everyone makes it really hard for you to get your shit fixed or get your money back. Unfortunately, as things have gotten more complicated in our world, customer service on all aspects is like little to none these days. Um, but what can you do? So instead of complaining about it or making issues, I'll just come here and we'll fucking film the podcast here today. That's what I told Aja. I was like, bro, there's gonna be people working there. We're not even really set up there to film over there, but we're doing it. That's why we're just doing a single camera shot today. I don't have my other camera here. Um, so I hope you guys are still going to hang out with us and watch this. So and kick it, but yeah, we are getting damn fucking close to finishing this. And it's really, really exciting. Cause I just want to like walk in here, like and just like see it all functioning. I wanna like see like the the investment like working and not, and like, I don't really care about, I'm not even like, like I said, we were forced to do this. I don't care about making more money. I just, I just hope that this is like just smooth and just better for everybody. And, I, and even if I like break even, we're just doing the same thing. Like I'm totally cool with that as long as I have all my fun tools and a cool place to work. See money to me is only, money is just a tool. Money's a tool so I can buy more glass blowing tools. And more hash. Um, boys are chatting out there. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't even know what I was talking about, guys. Sorry, I'm all over the place today. I'm like, I've, I've barely been sleeping for the last three weeks because we've been building the studio. And then at night I go home and I grind super hard on the drops. Um, so, you know, it's like putting like eight, nine hours here of physical labor and then go to the studio and put another like six to seven hours in at night of like the glass blowing to three in the morning and then you wake up again and do it again. 
And um, it's wearing on me, but like, I feel pretty good. And I bet if you guys watch this episode, you'll be like, I've seen Evan way more fucked up and tired before. Like, if you're an actual listener, you've seen me in way worse shape than this. Um, actually, I feel fucking pretty good today. I think it's because I'm so excited for these kilns to get here. A little nervous because I don't want them to get here and then see damage and be like, fuck, I got to make phone calls. I waited three months for these, spent 12 grand. I was like, I fucking got to make sure these are good. Um, but I have, I have faith they're going to be good because the people who ship me these kilns that build them, they also care about their work. So they wrap them in a way where if someone's being a little lackadaisical, then the shipping and the packing material can handle it. But these are big. They're, uh, these, these kilns, when they're actually all wrapped up and in like boxes and freighted, they're about the size of a car, uh, because the amount of wood they build, like this huge wooden box around them and stuff. And then there's packing in there. Cause the kilns are like three by three cube, four by four cube. They're huge. They're big ass kilns. Honestly, I bought kilns. I didn't even need, but I bought them so that someday in the future, if we did need them, they were there. I basically built this whole studio, bought all brand new equipment for it, and I'm filling it with equipment we might not even use right away, but we'll have the options to do whatever fun activities we want here. I just did it all at once. I just ripped the band-aid off. I was like, let's just spend the whole bag. Let's just do it all. And then hope to God people still want RBRs in a couple months so we can keep moving forward. But um, yeah, uh, thankful though. I got a lot of people reaching out. They were in engaging in that post, so I have faith. That was really low tap, but that's what I needed. <coughs> Whoa. Oof. Yeah, dude. Fuck. Oh, that was tasty. It's super low, though, but really tasty. That was some downshift from Green Dot. The terpene profiling is hazelnut, earth, gas. I don't get a ton of hazelnut. I get more of just like a really bright, like, like fuel terpene. When I say bright, it's almost like when you fucking drink, like, I don't know, like a Sprite or something. It's just, like, fucking, like, refreshing. Like, it's not that it's, like, this doesn't taste like lemons or limes or anything. It's just, like, this really vibrant terpene. I don't even know of, like, petroleum, like, gas. Um, Super good, though. And I also have some Picasso here from Green Dot. This is some rosin, too. And this is a cross of creme brulee and garlic banger. And the terpene is literally lemon and garlic. It's very strange. It's like you take dabs of it in certain temps, or it was really good. And then other temps, you're like, whoa, that was funky. Almost like a UK cheese. Like very funky. I don't know if anyone has tried UK cheese that listens to this, but some of those cheese strains from the early 2000s were aggressive. The way they tasted, smelled, it was almost like, fuck, gross, dude. But you want more. Of course you want more, but gnarly. Powerful. Um, man, dude. Fuck it. I got the boys are coming here today to help with these kilns. Got so many cool things going on. I know it's a lot of just like talking about it and not showing everything on Instagram, but I feel like some of the construction stuff might be boring on Instagram, or at least for like there's like a handful of followers that like to watch the remodel and the build, and then there's a bunch of people that are just there for the glass and they let me know. They're like, post glass, stop posting you painting shit. <laughs> I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Sorry, bro. I brought my, I got this little alcohol container, dude. I'm fucking set up here at the shop. Even though on our new, like, I told the boys we can't dab here for a while. And here I am just ripping dabs. There's no blinds in the windows, just doing it. But I'm the, I'm the owner, so if someone gets in trouble, I'd rather be me. If, if someone walks by and says something, I'd rather be like, hey, I'm the owner. I have a med card. Get out of here. Plus, on my lease, it doesn't say anything about smoking can, uh, cannabis or tobacco. Um, I think it's probably because it's an industrial zoned area and it's designed for like fumes and manufacturing, whatever. Um, so they don't, I don't think they really worry about that. Even all the way down to growing, they didn't even say you couldn't grow in here. They were just like, yeah, here's the space. I mean, most commercial spaces nowadays will say you cannot grow cannabis here because a lot of the times, um, if you're a, uh, if you own a property like commercial space in Colorado and people want to rent it for growing, it's hit or miss. You might sometimes get a client that's wonderful that really maintains the place. Other times you'll get someone that'll actually absolutely destroy your building uh, with a grow. Because um, growing can be really messy. I mean, the amount of water, dirt, and everything you're doing, like bugs and molds you can bring into the building if you don't maintain your garden properly. There's just, there's a lot of factors in it. Same thing with glass blowing though. But we were totally transparent with these people about the glass. Like, I showed them Bear Mountain Studios Instagram. I showed them what I make. First of all, I was like, I don't want you guys to be confused about what I make. Here's what I make. Here's like what how we make it. I showed them my current studio and how we have it set up. I showed them the whole layout here. Um, and 
we got really lucky because that they were like so they're like yeah we you guys of course and they put it right in our lease that we're a glass blowing glass manufacturing company um everything got approved of that and that stuff it's just you know we were very lucky that we found people that believed uh in us that were willing to let us move forward on this because one of the biggest challenges glass blowers run into in renting commercial spaces that's why you see a lot of people with home studios because glass blowing is super expensive it's hard to be consistent with it, consistently paying your bills and making money. It's lots of ups and downs like any artist. So a lot of people can't have the overhead of having a large commercial space with all this stuff and parts and materials and tools all set up. They just cannot have that type of overhead. Um, I'm super lucky that I have all you guys that have been supporting me for all these years and giving me the opportunity to have this type of space where we can make the craziest, biggest, funnest shit. Like this space is so big and the tools are so big in here. I'm going to be able to make like tubes for fun or for content, for videos or for parties. They're like 10 foot plus, like stupid shit. Shit they'll have to get on top of a ladder or a roof of another building to use. So it's totally impractical. And like, I'll do funny videos of cleaning these things. I cannot wait to get back to my normal content. There's so much stuff I want to do. Like there's this glass crane I want to build. And then I want to have like, so like a glass crane, all right? Like a crane, a construction crane, all right? Picking up fucking boxes, okay? I want to build a glass crane, all black and yellow, all set. This just for me. I will not sell this. This is my toy. Um, I want to build, and this is what the pump station, okay, if you guys have seen the pump station, the pump stations are precursors to this crane. Those are just the functional part. That's not even, that's like the inside. That's the guts. And there's going to be a whole skeleton around this thing. Pump station is just part of the engine inside the crane. So I want to build this crane, that actually has a string that comes down with a little hook, right? And then I'm going to have this like box thing. It'll be like a whole nother rig, right? With the nail and everything. And on top of it will be a joint. And then at the top of the crane hook where the little cord is will be another male joint. And I'll have the hook come down and I'll pull it up and it'll grab the box. And the box will lift up and the joint will lock into the crane like this. And the nail will be on that little box and then I'll smoke that. No, and everyone will be like, why did you spend two years building that? Why to just get high? Hopefully I still smoke hash by the time I finish the crane. I don't know. Either way, I want to do that. Could you imagine having like a, like a little like rig thing here with a nail on it? I'll heat it up. And then all of a sudden here comes this big ass crane thing and the hook comes down, grabs it, cranks it up. And then the joint slides into it. And then you're taking a dab on it. And then on the top of the crane, if you don't want to smoke the box, I can have a plug that plugs that little male joint. And then I could have a joint on the top of that. They're both like connected to the same stem. So you have options. You can either smoke the crane by itself, or if you want to get really fun and creative, get your little string, try to hook the box, lift it up before your nail cools and get it locked into place. And then fuck, take a dab through it. Man, dude, shit's gonna be so fun. Also too, I talked about this on Patreon. I want to make, turn this studio into a pipe. I want to make the studio smokable. Did I talk about this on the podcast at all? Okay, I must have talked about it on Patreon Live. I do Patreon Lives every single night for an hour plus pretty much hanging out, smoking hash, and getting silly. So if you want to hang out with us, we do that a lot too. Join the Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash Paramount Studios. Uh, but yeah, I, I want to make the studio smokable. You know what I mean? So the studio is big enough where basically on one wall, I could have a mouthpiece and then a tube that goes up the wall, onto the ceiling, around the whole building. And then the joint will come all the way back around right by the mouthpiece. So basically, your nail and mouthpiece will be just like this, like a normal pipe, right? So you'll have your mouthpiece, your nail, and this will be on the wall. But when the smoke goes through that joint, it doesn't go right to the mouthpiece. First, it has to go through all the perks and stuff. It's going to go up the wall, across the ceiling, down the other wall, around the building, and then back to it. So the pipe will be right there, but the smoke has to travel around the whole fucking building. I'm going to make the building smokable, but I'm going to have the mouthpiece. I'm mean, actually, I'm going to have the joint part, like almost like an ash catcher. So that way it's easier to keep that pipe clean. It's going to be a hard one to clean because it's going to be screwed to the wall. I'm going to have um, mounting brackets where I mount the tubing to the wall. Cause I don't have to like, it won't be, I'm going to have, it's going to be crazy. We're going to have to basically take hand torches up and like bend stuff in the air and like install this pipe around the whole building. But I just want the building to be smokable. Just that way, you know, if you can't find your pipe, you're like, well, you could smoke the studio. Like, oh, you don't have a pipe here? Well, you could smoke the studio. Like, that'll be an option. You know, so that's that still needs to be installed. There's lots of things to do around here, lots of important tasks like that. And we're going to get them done. Let me take another dab. I want to have some of this Picasso, some of this lemon and garlic. Damn, dude, we're fucking filming at this studio. What are we doing? It's just crazy. There's people out there doing construction. I'm getting high in here. It's wild. Yeah, dude. I don't think they understood when I was telling. I was like, yeah, I got to film something for work in a little bit. We're going to start filming around, you know, 1030 or so for something for work. And they're like, all right. 
I didn't. I wasn't like I do a podcast where I get high for an hour. I was just like, no, we got we got something we have to film for work, so it's important stuff. Oh damn, I didn't bring tweezers though, and I have a cut on my finger. This will build character. It's clean now. It's clean now. You know the funniest thing though, is the guys here doing all the electrical and the security stuff for being quiet as hell. The one person I told that I was starting this, the one person that knew I was doing this, that drove here with me, my father, he's the only one I can hear out there talking. It's crazy. I love the guy. He's a real goof. Damn, my finger. If you ever stuck your finger in 99% alcohol, it turns it like dry. Like it turns it all white. That can't be good for you. I remember growing up, I was a commercial painter when I was younger from like 17 to 19. And I worked with a lot, a lot of old, like wild dudes and like, they would like clean their hands and like paint thinner and stuff. And, and they would, while they were doing it, they'd be like, yeah, this, this destroys your kidneys. And I'm like, why are you doing it then? Like, I wonder what the alcohol does is my point. That's why I only dip one finger, at least try to, but you do have to use your thumb. I guess I dipped two. Well, no, it's only one thumbs on a finger, right? Nope. So I only dip one finger. Um, and I think that if you only dip one of your fingers into chemicals and not both your hands, like you die not as fast and that's science. So how about that? Um, all right, so let's take a dab of some Picasso here. Have this lemon garlic turp. Oh, it's so gross and weird and good. It's just one of those strains. Also, too, once the studio's open, I can finally get back to all these collab projects. You wouldn't believe some of the collabs I've been holding off on until I was done with this project. Like, I probably shouldn't have with some of them because I think that uh, some of the collabs that I had lined up that I got to do once I finish this would really bump me into that Instagram algorithm even more because some truly significant pieces. Some of them I want to make so, so bad just because I want to see them complete and other ones I want to finish just to be like, Fuck yeah, I worked with that artist. You know what I mean? Obviously, I like love the work from anyone, but it's like there's certain pieces where I'm like, I just want to see this made. And then there's other ones where I'm like, yeah, dude, like I can't believe I got to work with one of my favorite artists. That's so crazy. Small world. Trying to heat this up down here. So hopefully the mic's not as drowned out with uh, blazer. Blazer sounds. God damn. Yeah, my whole building too just got painted like last year too. Like, so this whole property that we have like just like looks cleaner and newer. I'm so stoked. And it's right on the edge of the town, like Colorado Springs in the northern part of Colorado Springs. They've like built so much new stuff and it's all like brand new and nice. And this is right like on the edge of it. Like you go a quarter mile north of us and then it's like Nevada Ave. And it's just like so much fucking so much good shit out there. Oh, here we go. Oh, fuck. I gotta, just, I gotta say it out loud. One, two, three. And she's on. This is what we used to have to do back in the day when I had the original Terpamita that was the little fucking post. <coughs> I'd have to sit there and count it out to turn it on because for some reason I can't multitask and click a button three times while I'm thinking about other shit. We all have our problems, right? Yeah, this next Sunday sale, like... It seemed like a lot of people were voting. A lot of people want 14 mil clear double diffuse and full color double diffuse, which is good to know. So I'm going to make sure that I do a handful of full color 14 mils. I saw a bunch of people vote for turp hammers. My thing with the turp hammers is like, will people buy them? They are kind of expensive. Um, I mean, all the ones I made before I sold, but, but if I were to make like three of them, I worry that like two would sell and then one would just be sitting. Um, so I, I really, I got to make a turp hammer in a format that's like, comparable to like double the fuse price there's just so many parts to them is it makes it hard but i think that i can do it i'm always trying to find ways to uh make new products and try to make more affordable products um is one of my biggest goals with this studio i really want to have sub 200 dollars rigs that are like i'm actually making that it's like a cool design that's not like cutting corners that's like actually cool and the function's unique you know what i'm saying but, you know, it's good to have hopes and dreams, but you got to really take your time if you want to make it a reality and feasible. <laughs> I haven't eaten anything or drank any water. 
And that's how you know you're setting yourself up for a complicated day. Because you start doing copious amounts of drugs with not enough food in your tummy, you might feel a little funny. That's why in the back of some drugs, they say, eat before you take this pill. Cannabis, you don't really need anything. But I'll tell you what, if you haven't eaten enough and you've only had coffee, your body might get a little jittery. That's the old morning jitters, as I call them. They feel good, and then they feel real bad. <coughs> oh, my God. That Picasso from Green Dot is such a heavy garlic. And the lemon in it is so different. It's so well-balanced. It's you know I don't know if you guys have ever had G13 or HP13 or um, Super Lemon Haze. There's a certain flavor where you get in those very lemony plants. Not just a hint of lemon where it's like almost gross to tell much lemon. This has those qualities, but the garlic almost like smooths out some of it. So it creates this like, it's so complex. It's like food, but not like garlic and lemon, man. And it's, it tastes, it's literally what it tastes like, but it's, it's just still different. You know, you know, weed guys, weed tastes like things and then it doesn't, you know, kind of tastes like blueberries and then a campfire at the same time, you know, Ugh. fuck. Wow. That was super good. Um, very, very like cerebral, like um, energetic high, I would say, compared to like the downshift, which is a much more heavy, lethargic, like OG dominant kind of high. We're like, whoa, dude, I'm fucking baked. That Picasso was very like, whoa, this is, I want to go fucking climb a mountain with my friends. They're like, it's that's solid. Damn, I love Green Dot. They're so good. So consistent. It's the reason they've been in business for over a decade, though, and crushed in here in Colorado, breeding, making genetics, and trying to achieve the highest quality of concentrates and flour you possibly can. I very much appreciate it. Um, I have so many friends that do it so right too, but I've been so busy. I haven't been able to get with any of my buddies like that grow and do it right and extract like peace within hash or organic garden dog, or that's where I would usually be getting my hash and flour from. But man, lately it's just been, it's been tough. It's been hit or miss with me, how much I'm working or when I'm available and shit like that. But either way, I still love love all my bros out there that crush it too, and I'm, I'm I want to get more of their shit as well. Man, there's like so much happening around me, and I'm so high. It's wild. It's wild, dude. You ever just been really high, and there's a lot of things happening around you? That Picasso got my sinuses going, dude. Got me like, got me leaking, bro. Fucking light up this joint for me and just take a take a breather from that. Whoa, feeling ready. Damn, dude. I got I get we're getting the. Uh, Today I gotta seal the whole uh, studio bench too because we're getting ready to pour concrete once. I held off on pouring concrete because I wanted to wait until the ventilation was done because when I'm driving the lift around the studio, I don't want to like run into the concrete and damage our beautiful bench. So I was like, you know what? I'll just wait till the ventilation is up and then we we can uh, pour the concrete after that. That way there's no like issues with the lift or anything. Um, but now we're getting the table all sealed up today. There's like so many things. Like yesterday we finished pretty much the whole like break room kitchen area there's just some paint touch-ups and shit like that but it's basically done damn dude my we made this nice too so this way my daughter like after school she can come to the studio and hang out and like watch her shows on netflix and do her homework and stuff at the tape in the break room that's like all air conditioned and stuff so because i'm one of those parents that i have to work a lot and but i want if i'm gonna have to work a lot i want to make sure that my family is still having fun has opportunities to do things and also like can be really comfy wherever we are um it wasn't always like that this is a recent development in my life um but what's happened is i've worked so hard over the last 10 years that i now have some options to make things more comfortable for my family while i still have to work really hard because the worst thing is when you're suffering and working yourself to death and then you're also watching the people you love that you're working so hard for be uncomfortable and you're like why am i even doing this like what's if my family's uncomfortable and unhappy, why am I even working this hard? You know what I mean? Because truly, like some people have different motivations. I I truly like one of my reasons I work this much or this hard is like it feels like really good when you see your family happy, but it feels even better knowing they're safe, like and comfortable. Like it sucks when you see the people you love not doing good, and there's nothing you can do. It's there's no more of a feeling that's more helpless than that. So it's uh it's nice that. 
like not just me, obviously, like my wife, she's been my partner since the beginning with this company. Um, Cormac's been here since 2018. Keymaster's been here since 2019. Mike's been here for almost a year. He started January of this year, which this year's flown by. Mike C. Glasgow has gone. He's seen so much should happen in the first year being at Bear Mountain. He started, everything was gravy, everything's looking good. And then he's watched so much like craziness happen this year from, you know, the business having to move to dealing with that kind of stuff to like crazy weird social media stuff like there's just so much shit i've also decided it's just like social media is just like i love it so much it's such it's such a fun thing for me but also now i'm being very cautious and just telling myself like this shit's not real dude shit's not real like because you're always going to see like people posting strangers posting strange shit like sometimes if you get a big enough instagram you might see a stranger post something weird about you and then you're like how do i react to that and what I found now is like, I'm just not going to participate with anything. Someone's talking about me. I don't care if they're said I fucking caused the Holocaust or if I'm an astronaut. I could care less. I am going to participate. Not, I don't want to. Not interested. Now, if it's about reality, um, good coffee, hash, spending time with my family, all that shit, I'm down. You want to talk about that? Have an actual conversation? Cool. But most of the stuff I see on social media is so emotional and is so perspective driven that when you com combine those two things emotion and perspective even the kindest loving person can make a misjudgment and post something that's nasty so the so what i do so that i don't judge people or react negatively to people that you know and so that i don't judge people off one interaction i just don't look at it i don't participate like i had um uh one of my uh guys that worked for me uh make a comment because i was like talking about like having certain people to the studio once it's done to collab and hang out and one of the guys is like oh you didn't see what so-and-so posted regarding something with you and whatever. i'm like no i don't look at any of it and i was like i'd still invite him i don't give a fuck i do not care at all at all i'm over it like i rather be on the bleachers watching y'all play the game and you can just say whatever you want and i'll just keep on just cheering you on because i don't have time to argue or fight with anyone unless it's fighting for the safety of my kid or my wife. Anything else is just like, God, dude, let's just smoke some hash and chill the fuck out. Like, really? I don't care. I used to get so worked up back in the day. I cared so much because I was still getting used to the fact that I was working my life away and, like, not experiencing anything except for, like, standing in front of a torch from, like, early morning to early morning. Like, when I... Because there was a time in, like, 2016, 17, 18, 19... That I truly was working Monday through like seven days a week and I was working to four in the morning. I would not go to bed until I saw 3.30 to 4 a.m. hit. Then I was like, now it's time to go lay down. And I was doing it to myself. I was I was being a real like I was really beating myself up um, physically because, you know, we all have. I think my the reason I did that is because I don't even mean to. But I grew up going to Catholic school and shit. And when you grow up about a bunch of nuns and Catholic people like it's all about suffering and having nothing you enjoy and then still praising God and shit. It's wild. Um, and uh, so I still have those like foundational things in me where I'm like, the only way to get through this is to treat myself like garbage and work myself to death. And it's like, no, there's other ways of doing it too. You can like rest and like drink water and like work through it and take your time. Don't want to rush through life guys. You know, take your time if possible, if possible. Um, but these are all perspectives of someone who's gone through all that. And now, you know, it's, you almost want to like warn people, like you don't have to go down that path. I think you can be just as successful without like killing yourself. Like you do not, I don't know. I think it was worth it for me. I wouldn't do anything different, but I always try to relate to people because a lot of people out there are like grind, grind, grind. And I'll, I'll say that grind, 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 but be aware you, that's one formula. There is other ways. Like if you're super fucking smart, like super smart, like you don't have to grind, grind, grind. You can figure out things you could grind for a little bit to get a little pool of money to invest properly. And then you're just sitting, sitting pretty. So it really, it just depends. You know, I've always been a physical labor person, always worked construction, always just built things, built tree forts, Legos. It was always what I was doing. So to me, when I need to get something done, it's physical labor. That's what makes sense to me. That's my formula. But if you grew up in a family of programmers or you had a, a parent that was a teacher or you grew up with a dad that was an investor, worked in hedge funds or something, and they're aware of how that world works and maybe your how your brain works goes, Oh, I have to invest, 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 or this, or this, or this. So it's all depends on what type of, uh, I guess, foundation we each individual person has and how they perceive and work and work through the world. 
but you don't have to grind all the time to be successful. It's just what I did and I still am. Um, but that's because like for me, what I'm doing, I'm, I'm physically making an object and then selling it to someone. So how much I make and how much I can invest in myself and my company totally relies on how many hours I'm willing to invest into creating product to sell to people who want to support me. So and with my formula, I have to grind, grind, grind. But that's because that's the formula I put myself in. There's other people that have totally different formulas. There's just so many incredible glass artists out there that do well. They have different formulas for success that don't involve grinding all the time. Some of them are like travel the whole world, work with all different artists. Like there's totally different avenues you can take in just within the glass industry. And I think that kind of like overlaps in almost any industry. There's, there's ways of pursuing what you love while also finding a way that's healthy to do it, you know? You usually don't find these things out till later though because when you're young and in the heat of it it's really hard to see a clear path to take or decisions to make and it's hard to make one clear decision because you're scared you're like what if that one's wrong what if that decision wasn't the right one it fucks up my whole life and then as you get older you realize a lot of things weren't even that big of a decision you just had to make a decision it wasn't that there was a wrong or a right one it's just you have to make a decision and move forward um but yeah, man, grown up's cool as hell, dude. I'm glad I'm realizing a lot of this like at 32 because I'm not that old. I'm pretty damn young. Um, so hopefully I can relay this to my daughter while she's young and hopefully she listens and understands. And if not, I'll be patient and just wait for her to listen. But hopefully I can help the people around me not have to deal with so much bullshit. Wasn't that the point of like our species, the reason that we die and have offspring though is so that we can protect each other with the knowledge we learned before. Like, that's why it's like the first guy that figured out how to light a fire. It's like, well, I gotta make sure I tell my kids and stuff how to do this so I'm not here. They can do it. And then they tell their kids and then it saves them a lot of time. It saves them all these years we spent just like eating raw meat and shit. It's like, it's the same thing with like learning emotional things or dealing with your own emotional trauma and you find solutions that maybe you can share with the people that you love. So hopefully they can skip over that part of the game board. I don't want my daughter to have to walk the whole fucking game board. I want her to do like shoots and ladders, dude. I want her to be just shooting up them fucking ladders, dodging all the bullshit. Um, because when you like have kids, you're just like you, the things you want to protect them from the most are the things you never thought about before you had them. Before I had kids, I thought I wanted to protect her from like, you know, getting hurt or like, like falling off things, whatever. Like now what I think about is emotional stuff. I'm like, God, the first day someone hurts her feelings and she comes home crying or the first day someone, if someone says she's ugly or something and I have to, you know, there's all these, I'm more fearful of like her relationship with the world and what it will do to her psychologically more so than I'm worried about her falling and breaking her arm or breaking her foot or anything like that. It's crazy, man. It's wild, but I think it gives me a lot of perspective though on my own life. Ever since I've had her, I've definitely made like different decisions how I interact with people. I'm a very emotional person and I used to let those emotions like take control in the moment and I'd react very poorly. Um, and when I say very poorly is I would just get really emotional. I never fought people, I never beat people up, I was never physical like that, but I would just be so, I'd let it consume me to a point where I felt sick, you know, my stomach's flipping. I just, I feel like, it's like the world's ending, you know what I mean? And I hope that like, you know, I just don't want my kid to feel so consumed, but we're each individuals. Some people are totally not like that. They're like, they're like, Oh dude, I'm like moving on to other things. I'm not even like trying to get hung up there. You know, we all, so I shouldn't assume how she's going to perceive things, but I'm fearful of it. Cause I, I want, I don't want to watch my kid go through shit like that. But if she does, maybe I can have more wisdom and just be like, you know what, honey, that's part of life. That's a good thing. You know, enjoy each thing. Even the negative things are important, you know, because that's what defines us. The bad things are what make the good things so good. Um, but that doesn't ever really make anyone feel better in the moment. They're like, I feel like shit. I don't give a fuck about the good things or what it's going to make good later. Right now sucks. So when I was younger, I always used to, I've been with my wife since I was 15. And I always used to, for the first probably six years of our relationship, Whenever she'd cry or get upset, I'm like, why are you upset? And I would just try to calm her down. All the whole goal is like, I have to make her feel better. And now as like an adult with her, I was like, I don't, I don't like try to force her to feel better. I just acknowledge what she's going through. I try to see if she needs any help from there for her, but like, I don't belittle that she feels the way she does for however long she feels. Um, and I have to be, it took a lot of me being like learning that like, just cause my wife's upset or going through something, doesn't mean that it's my job to like annoy her until she like 
acts like she feels better. So it's, it, I think it was a personal thing. It's like, I can't be happy until my wife's happy. It's like, no, you have to understand we're all people and some people are going to feel shitty and we all have different grieving periods and shit in life's life. And uh, the most important thing is to just be there for each other, you know, which is really difficult because most of the time, every individual person is going through something. So if you're really going through shit, it's hard to be there for someone. Well, so I just got to smoke hash. Copious amounts of hash. As much as you can. Um, but then when you start feeling like dizzy and you're having panic attacks, stop. Um, that's when you did the, the right amount. You did it all. Man, dude. I've been having bad panic attacks lately from the hash. Real bad. I did this thing where I spun in a chair really fast while I was taking a dab. Because I was trying to stop the tornado. Um, I posted it on Instagram. And I tried it three times. And th all three times the tornado didn't go. But... To be honest with you guys, I think it didn't go just because the angle of the pipe. I think it was it wasn't so much that I was stopping the tornado as that I was affecting the water flow and the direction it was going because of shaking around how I was holding the pipe. You know what I mean? But I still wanted to post it because I thought it was fun and just some stupid content because I swear to God, all the shit I've been seeing on Instagram and shit lately is just like negative stuff or people like going or having a hard time talking about it, which is totally cool. And I'm like, I'm ready to just contribute something else. I'm just going to contribute silly fun time. Um, that's it. Um, of course, I'm going through shit and have shit going on. We all do. Um, I talk about it out here on the podcast pretty frequently, if you've been watching for the last couple of years. Um, but when it comes to 15 or one minute videos or 15 second videos on fucking Instagram, I'm just going to contribute fun time or some cool function to make you think. That's it. Um, I used to narrate my whole life on there and I think it did get me a lot of followers. I think it made me connect with a lot of people, but that's not the connection I'm looking for right now. I want to connect with people in just a positive way. Like, you know, it's, I just feel like there's so much bullshit going on right now that it's much easier to just try to find the best things in life and each day to day than to try to focus on the bad. It's only one thing I'm going to try to help my wife with because she gets really consumed with anxiety too. And I'm like, all you have to worry about is what's going on right now. You don't have to worry about it. Just do what you have to do today. It's only today. Most anxiety comes from not knowing the future and being scared of what the future brings or having no control over what's going to happen, which none of us have any control, so it doesn't matter anyways. The best thing you can do is just one foot in front of the other. Figure out what your tasks are for that day and do your best to accomplish them. And if you don't, hey, you did your best. Move on with your life. Shit's temporary. And it's so easy to say this after you've smoked a bunch of weed and haven't eaten any food and it's early in the morning and you're semi-rested. But in all actuality, that's the facts. So you have to find a way to just move forward. There's so much stuff that's happened to me this year that if it happened to me a few years ago, I would have been, I would have lost it. I've been crushed because I wasn't mentally ready for it yet. Everything that's happened to me this year, I had to train for years mentally to be ready for what happened this year so that I handled it rationally and it didn't affect my family. Like really that much. Like, man. The week or so after that whole code enforcement thing happened, though, was probably one of the worst weeks of my life, though, because I felt so confused and unsure. Like, I had three guys that worked for me that relied on me for paychecks and jobs that had been with me for years. And I was like, am I going to do I have to fucking do I have to fire everyone? Do I have to shut down my company? Like, what do I have to? And like, the worst part about it was is I didn't feel like my home was my home anymore. I felt attacked. I felt like I was in a foreign land and people were out to get me. I felt like there were people watching me and just reporting me. Fuck, dude. Yeah, but we found out we found out who did it all, and like, I mean, we did a much more research recently. We got, but now that I found it out, it's like it almost doesn't even matter. Um, it wasn't the same person too. One person did it a couple times, and I think one of my competitors, I think one of my competitors reported my house because they knew my address. Because we're, you know, we were good. I thought we were good, but maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. So I uh, definitely had. I think I had one of my competitors report me too, which that's the one that got the code enforcement there. Um, but Hey, what can you do? You know, people try to fuck with you and how, you know how you fuck them back. You just work harder and don't give a fuck. Show them how little it means to you that they're trying to fuck with you. You know, show them that it's just like, Oh, it's just fuel. This is fucking dope. Oh, cool. Another challenge. I'll show you how I'll just crush this one too. No problem. Like I got nothing else to do. I'm here already. Like that's how I have to look at it. My wife will get like, Oh, we, we don't have any more hours in the day. We can't fit anything else in. We're maxed out. How are we going to do this? I'm like, no, fuck it. Challenge. Cool. Challenge accepted. I have nothing else to do. Wait. Oh, more hours in the night. Sweet. We just won't sleep. I don't give a fuck. Like it's, and it's not to be like a martyr or negative, but it's like, I'd rather just own it than be stuck in victim mentality. 
the only person who suffers when they're in a victim mentality is the person themselves. It's not the people around them. You, The sympathy you're going to get from people around you when you're in victim mentality is only to get you to shut up. So you stop acting like this. So you move on. Dude, victim mentality when obviously there's some people it's necessary. Horrible things happen. But there's some of us here in the Western world that when we stub our toe and our show got canceled, we were going to and then we couldn't get the weed we wanted. Then we're a victim. You know, what I mean, it's like then there's people out there that are actually going through truly horrible things, but I don't want to judge everybody's experiences based on like that kind of stuff. But my point is, is the actual victim mentality itself is a mindset that will fuck you. It will. It fucked me for years. It made me reach out to people and and voice my opinion and be upset about things because I felt like I was being attacked and I was a victim. That's a problem. That is That was up to me. I could have looked at it and be like, no, dude, I'm a fucking conqueror. Fuck this shit. I was like, I'm going to work harder. And I'd rather be like that now. And I, I don't care if it's in, based in delusion. I don't care if the outcome is a failure. At the end of the day, as long as it's like one foot in front of the other and I know I'm doing it for myself and not to get some sympathy or some shit, I know it's like, it's, I don't know. That victim mentality fucked me for years though, dude. I probably lost, like, I lost some progression from that shit for sure. And I didn't realize, realize I was doing it. I didn't realize like when I was like, woe is me or like, why do bad things happen? Why are so many things happening to me? Like even that type of like thought or saying something like that was victim mentality and it fucked me, but I'm working to get out of that. Um, I think a lot of like friends and colleagues go through the same thing and they think it's just like a normal way to feel, but it's not. That's, that's something that yeah, I feel like it's been bred in us into this, into where we live in, the, in America. It's, you know, we're all victims, but it doesn't have to be there. We can all be fucking badass conquering winners it doesn't have you don't have to be a victim it's really about how you perceive the world 100 percent. but yeah all right guys this was fun we're at the new studio today we got a lot more to do i got a delivery that's about to be here so we're gonna shut out this episode this is episode 111 thank you for hanging out with me appreciate you folks if you watch this whole thing at the new studio, I know it looks a little different here. Next next time we'll be back at the home studio and we'll go over the mini pump station, the big pump station. Because I made that new 10 mil mini pump that's like a refined version. I have one more I want to make because there's a couple more changes I want to make on it that I think will make it ridiculous function. Uh, but yeah, guys, super fun. Enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, sign up for our newsletter at bmsglass.com because we have a Sunday sale coming up and we only have three left this year. But if you want more drops, if you want to hang out in lives, if you want giveaways monthly, we give away like a piece that's equivalent to like two or $3,000 monthly. Um, join our Patreon at uh, patreon.com backslash Bearmount Studios. Um, or maybe forward slash, I don't know. But it's Bearmount Studios at patreon.com. Um, check it out. We got some shit on there. Um, I hang out all the time. We do giveaways and it's, uh, it's definitely a blast. And we do two drops a month on Patreon. We do a clear drop and a full color drop. That doesn't, that's not even the Sunday sales. Those are private drops we do. So if you're missing every Sunday sale and you can't get a piece, you'll have a way higher probability on Patreon because the Patreon drops sit for sometimes 24 hours. The other time, the last one we did sat for three days. Like there was a piece available for three days on there. It was a 10 mil mini double full color. Super sick too. All right. Episode 111. You guys have a great day. Later, everybody.